Yo, yo, yo. It's Ronnie Pogue. Well, great to have you guys with us, man. I want to welcome all of our Faith Church family this morning. I want to welcome all of those that are warm and cozy watching online. Thanks for checking us out. First thing, has everybody got their coffee? Everybody got their coffee? That's right. Okay, we want to keep the main thing, the main thing around here, right? Hey, I see how you guys are going to roll. I look around and see most of you guys got new Christmas clothes, right? Yeah, turn to your neighbor and say, man, you look good in church today. Yeah, now turn to your neighbor on the other side, who was obviously your second choice, and just tell him, hey, I'm glad you're in church today. Guys, I am excited about being here today. I will have to admit, I was praying this morning in the last prayer. I said, Lord, let's just have a great service today, all for you. But if it's not too much to ask, can you just make me a one-hit wonder? I am totally okay with that. I want you to know that. I'm pretty sure today we'll probably be a little bit less professional. Uh, It may be a little bit more personal, but hopefully it will be very practical, something you can take with you and use in the year 2018 because today's the last day of 2017. You guys are stuck with me, but you know what Mama always said. She saved the best for last. But you know about mamas, too. Occasionally, they lied. They had to. They had to. They had our best interest at heart. But one thing that I wrestled with, I kind of tossed around all week, was, man, what do I do? Do we go in and we take a look back at just all the incredible things God did in 2017? Or do we go in and we push forward and we move on because we're believing for great things in 2018? If you look back, I mean, what a year we experienced here at Faith Church. I just got to think about all of our services. Man, we try to provide a great experience each and every week for everybody. I thought back on our um, first Wednesday services. Wow, and so many lives changed, so many baptisms. I thought back to that night, we baptized 49 people on this stage right here. Wow. I started to get re-saved that night so we'd hit 50. Uh, but I didn't know if I could baptize myself or not. I didn't know that, how that would work. But we had a great year. Pastor Ryan uh, took on extra duties. We are so encouraged by what God's doing in his life and with his ministry, taking over our, our students. And now he's got our young adults, and they've doubled within the last year. I wish I could get him some love this morning. <laughs> pastor Adam Gooch, man, over our, uh, our Connect pastor, getting so many people put in place here. Uh, Miss Brittany getting so many people in hospitality and serving here, and of course, our lead pastor who passionately brings the word each and every week. We are blessed as a church. But I was just believing and praying that of all the great things that happened in 2017, God has just been impressing my on my spirit that there's a greater year ahead. There's a greater year ahead. I want to give you a start. I want to give you a nugget, a tidbit you can take with you. I'm going to put it in my life. Here's what I want you to know. If you want a better start to a better day, make tomorrow bigger than today. Start tomorrow. Make tomorrow bigger than today. That's all you got one day at a time. Abe Lincoln put it really well. He said, the great thing about the future is it only comes one day at a time. Paul wrote about it in Philippians chapter 3. He wrote this, I'm not saying that I, have all, that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously 
reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the go. Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Everybody say, I'm not turning back. Hey, we're not turning back at Faith Church. We're going to turn over a clock tonight. We're going into a new year, and all of us are going to make New Year's what? Yeah, and how many are going to keep them? I got eight out of a hundred. Resolutions never work out. Eight uh, percent you'll be able to keep up with. Ninety-two percent are proven to fail. I want to look at it like this, that God's wanting to do something radical in my life. Resolutions are just challenges that have not been overcome yet. Let me say that again. Resolutions are challenges that have not been overcome yet. And we, we might not win them all. I think we can win more than our share. Now, one battle I've had my whole life, and I just hadn't been able to overcome it, is I've got skinny legs. I know I'm not happy about it. Uh, I've done a gazillion squats, leg presses, calf presses, nothing seems to work. But I was so excited when they came out with skinny jeans. <laughs> I was the most excited guy on the planet. So I put on skinny jeans. I thought, man, these actually fit pretty good. And then I had the bright idea. And I thought, well, I wonder how super skinny jeans will look. <laughs> so I got a pair of those. And I wore them here a few weeks ago, and uh, I was hosting in them, and I thought they looked pretty good. They felt great. I got home, and my 15-year-old daughter said, Dad, you can never wear those jeans again. I said, why not? She said, you look like a stick man. And I said, babe, there has never been a superhero called stick man yet. So I have come to the conclusion, I'm probably going to have skinny legs, so I've decided I'm wearing ultimate slim now. That's my game, ultimate slam. But we're all going to have these challenges. We're not going to win them. I want you to know two things. Man, get this into your kids as they're growing up. One thing, life is not fair, and every day will be a challenge. And I'm going to tell you here in ministry here, coming in here, I can promise you with Pastor Steve, you see him up here, every day is a challenge. I can promise you that, and here's what's so great about it. He's challenging us to get better to work harder, to work smarter, to do everything that we do at Faith Church with excellence. Now, I do better when the challenges are not quite as complicated. I like to keep it simple. I can be fairly disciplined at times. Like last year, I made a decision I was going to lose a few pounds. I was going to lose five pounds. That's pretty easy to do. You can keep it very simple. All you got to do is eat less and move more. You got that? Everybody say that. Eat less, move more. Now, if you get real bold, you can go for 10 pounds. You can eat less, you can move more, no Cokes, and only water. Ain't nobody down with that, right? That don't even sound right. Yeah, okay, we're not going there. Here's the thing about it. If we can keep our challenges simple, we have a better chance of reaching our goals. And the goals I want to set, the goals I want to see us reach at Faith Church are goals that have a cause. That they're goals that are bigger than us. The one thing you're going to need to reach any kind of goal you set is this. It's going to come with a cost, and you've got to do it. And the cost is going to be this. It's going to take you some time. It's just the way it is. 
You're going to have to go a little bit extra. Stay up a little bit longer. At 59 years old, it's hard to stay up past the weather. I can tell you that. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some energy. I mean, you've got to be willing to do the work. I mean, there is no... You can't exchange anything for hard work. And the last one is tenacity. You've got to find a way to finish a task. You've got to dig in, and sometimes you've got to dig deep. The one thing you're going to need, you're going to need motivation. You are going to have to be motivated to reach any goals that you set. So what I want to encourage you to do, you need to find a team. You're going to need some support for this. Now, here at Faith Church, if you're part of us, you're part of our Faith Church family, we're here as your family. We want to support you. You know, if you're new here, we would encourage you, go through the Grow You program. Go through, man. You're going to learn more about God. You're going to learn more about yourself. You're going to learn more about Faith Church. Pastor Adam's going to be there. He's going to get you on a serve team. Your goals are going to make a difference for people when you start serving. We've got connect groups. We've got small groups. They're going to get you connected. This support team will become your family because you're going to start building relationships. Now, I've got a pretty big support team. Uh, I've got a couple of older supporters uh, that I've been supporting them most of my life. I finally got them to move out, so they're off the payroll. That is amazing. Uh, but I've still got a great support team. You know, and to have a great team... I'm not going to play if it's not going to be on a great team. To have a great team, you've got to have a great quarterback. I've got a great quarterback. You'll see him right here. It's not the guy in the glasses. I promise you that. Every great team's got to have a great quarterback. She's wearing a Mickey Mouse hat, which kind of takes a little bit of credibility away. But she's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. She manages so much of our life, our schedules our money, our time, our kids. We're so busy, ball games, cheerleading, church. She makes it all happen. The one thing she is not very good at, the one negative thing I can say, she will lock her car keys up in a heartbeat <laughs> anywhere, anytime. She taught me into going to the state fair this year, and we got out there, and I hadn't been in years, and I wasn't really excited I'm around a lot of people anyway. I don't really like to be around a lot of people. Hard to believe, but I don't. And But when we got out of the car, I was pretty excited about going, and she said, oh, no, I've locked the keys in the car. So $60 later, I didn't get to go to the fair, but she is really the quarterback and the captain of our team. I've got one that's still with me. He's kind of my motivator. Uh, he drives me. He keeps my energy level up as high as they can go. He's 20 years old. He's a student at UNA, student athlete there. Uh, he's doing great, uh, does really good. He's really motivated. Uh, he just bought his own house Friday uh, until he probably turns the keys back over to me at some point. But uh, he's a great kid. He keeps me going. The only negative I can say about him, he loses his car keys and locks them up more than his mom. I mean, I'm spending a fortune on Locksmith, but he's 20 years old, but this is the way he looks always in my heart. Yeah, I, I didn't get him, give him much. He got most everything from his mom, but I gave him, I gave him the hair. <laughs> I did. Share, share it. And so and then I got one more. She's kind of the head coach in the house now. She gets about everything she wants when she wants it. Uh, she's 15, almost 16. 
Uh, man, she makes it happen. I don't have any negatives about her because here's the way she looks in my heart. She looks like this. And even when I'm mad, she still gets anything she wants because she looks at me like this. <laughs> Man, going into a new year, I want you to go into it with hope. I want to fuel it with motivation here today so that we all can see results. Are you guys with me? Let's go. 2018, here's the question. Are you going to move closer to the destiny that God has for you or is life going to push you farther away? Let me say that again. Are you going to move closer to the destiny God has planned for you? Or is life going to push you farther away? Four things I want to mention today. Number one is challenges usually bring a change in direction. And a lot of, spe- a lot of people spend their entire life trying to find the right directions. You know, there's big changes that are written down in Scripture. The biggest change I, I know is with the Apostle Paul, who spent all of his uh, early life learning, becoming a, a theologian in that time, a religious man, the religious to the religious. And his job was to persecute, to track down, to oversee the killing of Christians. And on a trip to Damascus where he was seeking out, running down the disciples, God gave him a different plan. God sent down a light from heaven so bright that Paul fell on the ground. He couldn't see. God told him to get up and go to Damascus and I'll give you a new vision. And when he went into Damascus, Ananias was there and through a vision he'd been told to lay his hands on Paul and he laid his hands on Paul and scales came off of his eyes And the only thing Paul seen for the rest of his life was Jesus and how to reach people for Jesus. You know, I was just praying, and I just saw at the end of the year, I try to do an evaluation. And I just pray, Lord, what's in it for me next year? What do you want me to go for next year? And I just felt real clear. God said, I want you to recapture the heart of Paul for reaching lost people. I want you to recapture that. And I want to give it all that you got. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, how we go about it. He said, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and to all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, Whoever. I didn't care to take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and I tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Paul had come from a religious right where he was served all the time anything he wanted. He had to change and become a servant. He had to go from being self-serving to serving any and all. He had to go from being selfish to selfless. You know, if we get real honest, if we can just get real up in here for a few minutes, we're all pretty selfish. 
I mean, think about all those pictures that you took at Christmas. Who's the first person you looked at? I mean, I know me and Pastor Ryan, we're pretty bad about it. I mean, we'll take a selfie in a heartbeat. <laughs> we will because we're selfish. We're selfish. We want things our way, how we want it, when we want it. Here's what I want you to know as leaders, all the pastors, all the leadership, all the staff, we want you to know we're real people. We're not perfect. We hurt just like you do. We rejoice just like you do. We have anxiety just like you do. But we want to love people the way Christ did. And here's what we want you to know. We want to be the same person when you see us out in the streets as we are when you see us here on stage. Because if we're not, we're not leaders. We're only actors. God's called us to lead and to reach a people. And we do it by being real. Paul said, I serve any and I serve all. And I serve all to reach a, a wide range of people. You know, serving's really not natural. Uh, I think most of us, I know me in particular, I had rather be served. I'm happy, happiest when I get what I want. But here's what I've learned in the last 25 years. I'm satisfied and I'm fulfilled when I give. I'm satisfied, I'm fulfilled when I add value to others. Paul said it this way in Philippians 2. He said this, If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, and I love the way the message is written, uh, if His love has made any difference in your life, any difference in your life, if being in a community of spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. You want to make an impact? Lend a helping hand. Love somebody that the world doesn't think is lovable. And here's why this is so important. Number two, everybody is somebody that Jesus died for. Everybody is somebody that Jesus died for. And the great part about that is that we are included and we don't have any reason to not get along. We don't have any reason to fuss. I mean, Jesus doesn't need attorneys. He doesn't need lawyers. He needs neighbors. He needs helpers. He needs servers. And Paul said it this way. He said, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious Meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. You know, I'm so glad to be in whoever. You know, it took me a long time to figure out that God loved me more than I love myself. But it was big. So I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, God loves me. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Yeah, and repeat after me. God loves people I don't like. Yeah, you, you were doing pretty good to that last one. 
Yeah. God loves people I don't like. Now, that's hard for me because, I, I mean, I pretty much like everybody. I really do. Some get on my nerves more than others. Uh, but I like them. I love them. God loves people I don't like. And here's the kicker. God loves people not like me. And that's kind of big. That's kind of big because I like to hang out with people that like what I like, do what I like. But here's what I got out of Paul's message with the whoever. And here's what I feel like in my own heart, in my own spirit, that God touched Paul in such a way that he was radically rescued. And man, he just wanted to spend the rest of his life rescuing some radicals. I mean, that's my heart. That's his heart. That's what I want to do. That's why I want to go. That's why I want to see people come to know this Christ and let him make life change. The way you're going to do that is number three. You've got to know who you are, and you've got to be strong. Paul said it this way. He said, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. And here, here's what you've got to be careful about when you, when you get saved, man, you're all about that. You left all that guilt and shame behind. Man, you just want to fix everybody. You want everybody to be like you. So we, get, we, get, we miss out when we stop connecting with people, and we just want to correct all the people, right? I mean, some folks think that's their spiritual gift, correcting people. And maybe it is. I don't know. But here's the thing. An everyday challenge will always be God's going to test your love level somewhere during every day. I promise you that. I learned this lesson over 20 years ago. I was going into a little church, and they'd asked me to come in and just share this radical testimony of God changing a really, really bad person and washing him and cleaning him up and letting him go out and just share the love. So I went into this church. I was doing a breakfast. I was going to share my testimony. A friend of mine asked me. I had a lot of friends. I was really excited. I walked in. I was going up through the breakfast line. I saw the guy that invited me, and he had this really kind of really kind of dirty, scraggly-looking guy with him. And he had a sign on him that said, uh, Homeless, need help. I said, Oh, man, i got to go right past him. Uh, so I tried not to make eye contact, you know. You, you know, if you make eye contact, they got you, right? So, but I went on through, and the guy that invited me, he entered, uh, introduced me. He said, man, I, I met this guy a couple of weeks ago, I mean, a couple of days ago, and so we brought him in. Maybe he's trying to get him some help. I said, sure, man. So I reached into my wallet. I looked at it. I saw a $20 bill, and I saw two ones. The problem was he saw that too. And I reached for the two ones, and he said, son, that $20 bill sure would help me out. And so again, I reached for the $2, and uh, I couldn't do it. I grabbed the 20 and I gave it to him. He said, bless you. And then I went, and we ate breakfast, and uh, had a good time. You know, I left. You know, at breakfast, they, you leave broke. If you come broke, you leave broke. And uh, so we got through with it. It was a good day. We had a blast. And, and as I was leaving, the guy that invited me to come up and said, hey, man, I want, I, want, I want you to meet our our homeless guest, said uh, his name is Jim Ridinger and said he is president of Regions Bank in Birmingham. And said, well, I wanted to bring him in to test the love level of our men in this church. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I gave him that $20 bill. <laughs> yeah. And then I left, man. I was on cloud 90, and all of a sudden it hit me. He never gave that 20 back. I mean, he's president of the bank. What does he need? He was doing a great work, and he was doing ministry. Here's what I learned. 
A big lesson that day. A big, big lesson. I never want to miss an impulse to lend a helping hand. I never want to miss an impulse to be generous. Scripture says generous hands are blessed hands. The thing we're called to live, this Christianity that we're in, we're supposed to live it with conviction and compassion. And what I've learned is that if you lose one, you've really lost both. Conviction and compassion for those that God puts in our path every day. Fourth thing is this, and this one's kind of hard for me, uh, that my way is not the only way. Even when my way is usually the right way. You know, I mean, I'm around here. I've got a lot of great leaders here on staff here. Uh, sometimes I feel a little bit in fear. They're all college educated. You know, they got all these big degrees, diplomas on the wall. And, uh, man, they're, they're just great. And if we start debating or having discussions, um, they're really smart. They're a lot smarter than me. I just have to play like I'm smart. Uh, I hang in there. And I'll pick a debate or a fight, I mean, a, a discussion that I think I can win. And the two that really get on my nerves the most are Pastor Steve and uh, Pastor AJ. I mean, Pastor Steve's, you know how smart he is. Pastor AJ, he's really smart, but he watches a lot of documentaries, so <laughs> he thinks he's an expert on anything, and most of the time he is. So really, I never change the subject. The only thing I know a little bit about and occasionally win one of these battles is sports and music, and that's what matters anyway, right? All right. So even if they don't know it, they won't admit it, but usually my way is the right way. So the thing about it is <laughs> what I learned is that being right without loving right, it's just not right. Being right without loving right is just not right. Paul said this. He said, I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. You know, many of us go through our younger years and we figure it out. And, and we think my way is the only way. And we've got all the answers. And I was one of those. Man, I thought I had planned out I'd be successful. Whatever I did, I didn't quite work out that way. I woke up when I was 30 years old and here's what I realized. I had ran out of answers, and I had nothing. I had nothing. I had zero in my bank account. I had zero in my friend's account. I had zero in my loved one's account. I was lost without any answers. And here's what I love really about the prodigal son story, is that, you know, the prodigal goes out like a lot of us, a man just tries to make it happen, parties it away, lives the life he wants to live, and he comes begging back. And he comes begging back. And the, and the brother's there, and he's ticked off. He's ticked off about it. Man, he's done all that, lost everything there. You're loving him back. Here's, here's the father's heart. Father's heart is he loves everyone. Those that have stuck with him close to his side, those that have gone as far as they can go, you can never get too far out that God will not love you. I'm so excited that my quarterback, my captain there, one day she got me to walk into just this little bitty Baptist church. And man, I heard this message. And it just sounded like something I'd been looking for for so long. And here was the great thing. Not only did Jesus change my circumstances, he changed my heart. When I got saved, man, the greatest thing about it was I just got to give up. 
I got to give in. I didn't have to be right anymore. I was able to learn. I was able to listen to others. I was able, like Paul said, to see others' point of view. And here's why it's, what's big about that. Because when you're growing up, you know, when you get around your teenage years, uh, man, you're going to be looking for direction. And you're going to have people that are depositing direction in your life. The biggest thing is you're going to have a lot of people in your life, the ones you look up to and you trust, they're going to have the impact on your heart. They're going to have the influence on your path. You probably remember somebody back when you were in 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade or whatever, whether it was a, a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, a counselor, whatever. Mine was a peewee football coach of all people, a guy by the name of Hootie Crittenden. Man, everybody wanted to play for Hootie Crittenden. I didn't want to play for Hootie Crittenden. I didn't want to play football at all. But he wanted me to make me a football player. And, you know, my parents would work, and I'd be there home alone. He would come by in this little old VW Beetle, and he'd pick me up, and he'd start to deposit things into my life. He'd start believing in me. He just put positive energy into my life. Because, man, I was living a life of fear, rejection, adoption. I didn't know what was going on, but, man, he believed. He saw something. He kept depositing this love on me. And, you know, uh, I, I, we lost him uh, this past year, and uh, cancer Cancer got him, and, and I was able to be just honored to be just a small part of his memorial service. And I'll never forget when I went in there, I looked up and I saw a picture of Hootie, and it was a, at the finish of a marathon. And what struck me was his time. He ran it in three hours and 21 minutes. And I thought, man, how did he do that? I ran one, one and lived to tell about it. I ran it four hours and seven minutes. He ran at 321, which figures out sub-eight-minute miles for 26 miles. And here's the kicking part. He did it, he did it when he was almost 70 years old. <laughs> he made an impact on my heart. And here's what he told me. Two things I'll never forget, I'll always remember. He said, son, you'll never know how far you can go unless you keep moving the finish line. You'll never know how far you can go unless you keep moving the finish line. You can always go farther if you'll train a little harder. Are you willing to do that? I was willing, man, for Hootie, and he told me this other thing. He said, I'm going to tell you somebody it's going to be hard for you to beat. The man that's hard to beat is a man that never gives up. It's hard to beat somebody who never gives up. Those are things that people have deposited into my life, and I'm sure you've got those deposited things into your life. But here's the crazy part. Here's what I'm learning now. I look around, and I, I, I'm the old guy. I mean, I don't, I don't have any, any heroes, many left. I've got to figure out, I've, I, I've got to do something. It's on me. I don't have any parents left, grandparents left. It's me. It's on me. And here's what I'm learning now. It's been so important. Man, I'm around a lot of young people around here, especially getting fond of a lot of these developed school of ministry kids. And here's what I'm learning now. You remember back when information and knowledge and technology, it flowed from the old to the young. But it's not that way anymore. The information, the knowledge, and the technology is flowing from the young to the old. I just got to be willing to listen. I got to be open to hearing what they got to say. I know they're young, and I know some of their music is kind of questionable at best. But here's what I've learned. They are not the problem. They're the solution. Man, they're young. 
They're innovative. They got great ideas. They got passion. They got destiny. I want them here. Now, one thing they don't have, they don't have any money. (laughs) Any money. But their parents do. But we want them here. We want them here because of what they can bring, what they can deposit into us. Because I'm going to tell you this. Yesterday's ideas will never attract tomorrow's leaders. I hope you can hear that. Yesterday's ideas will never attract tomorrow's leaders. We want them. Here's here's what I found out. Man, there's a group of them that are hungry for God. It's just sometimes the church is not very attractive to them. And as a leader, I mean, the, the one weapon we have in our arsenal is what comes out of our mouth. It's our words. But our influence will always come from our actions and how we listen and how we love. And man, here at Faith Church, our leadership, we want to be accountable. But I'm going to tell you this. Great leaders and great teams are not afraid of high standards. And we want the high standards at Faith Church. Matter of fact, we welcome them. If you see us doing or saying or doing anything, you, you come get us. Paul said it this way. Here's why I do all this. He said, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. That's what it's all about. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. 2018 is going to be a big year. It's going to be a monster year. It's going to have the biggest challenges we've ever known as we expand. We've been praying. We've been praying. We've been believing. But it's not going to come down to knowing. It's not going to come down to wishing. It's going to come down to who's willing to do it question is do I just want to talk about it or I want to be in on it 2018 we're going to find out a lot about ourselves personally we're going to find out a lot about ourselves as a church we're going to find out have we built a crowd or have we built a church if we're willing to go out and help the hurting and serve those that are needy and reach those that are unreachable and sacrifice for those that need love. We're going to know we've built a church. Paul said it this way. He said, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal. It tarnishes and it fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. You've got gold. What about all the others? What about all those that are waiting to hear? I'm going to run. I'm going to win. I'm not going to miss out on it. You know, it's a big year for me. I had a birthday the other day. I turned 59 years old. Yeah, I'm not real happy about it. You start getting cards that, that look like these. They kind of smell old, too. I don't know how they did that. It says, you know you're getting older when uh, 
Everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. It says you feel like the morning after, and you didn't go anywhere the night before. It said you can only burn the midnight oil until nine o'clock. You know what's on the inside? Why? Why do we do all this? What's at the heart of it? What's in our heart? This was on the inside of it. it says happy birthday, Daddy-O. That, that, that just sounds bad to me, Daddy-O. He said, you are such a joy to be around. I'm thankful God chose me to be your daughter. And here's the thing, God, i, I got to preface this. I mean, it's two weeks from Christmas, okay? So she's kissing up a little bit. And it goes on, so I'll never get tired of being asked, are you Ronnie Pogue's girl? Thankful for everything you do. You're the tan man. I couldn't imagine not hearing you sing every day and watching you and your dance moves. Now, you know how they are. They're not very impressive, but they are very uninhibited. I promise you. Thanks for putting up with me. You're the best. I love you, Aubrey. And then my son wrote, Happy birthday, Dad. I've never met anyone with such pure joy, drive, work ethic, and humor than you. You keep everyone around you happy. And the best thing is you make every person you meet feel like they have purpose and that they belong. That's my son. <laughs> I don't have a choice, man. I'm going all in. My chips are in. Paul said it this way, and I'm going to close. I don't know about you. I know about me. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it and missing out myself. God's given us big challenges for 2018. I'm all in. How about you? Do you want to talk about it? Or do we want to be in on it? You know, I love our pastor, our lead pastor, Steve Husky. His heart is to reach so many people. God's anointed him and called him. He is a vision caster. What we're called to be is vision carriers to the Shoals area, to the Lawrenceburg area, and to this world. Would you join with me as a vision carrier? Father, we love you all over this place, God. I pray for hearts to be open, God, to your vision, to your call, to what you want us to do for your kingdom, God, to reach those that many say are unreachable. God, we know by the power of your Spirit, God, you're going to send them our way and send them to us. God, we love you in this place. We worship you, God. We give you our life and our heart. Do a great thing in 2018 for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody who agrees said amen. Guys, thank you. Let's go. 2018 It's going to be a great one.